Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. Come on. Come on. Hey, shameless plug. If you're not an intern, it's not too late. Next year, you can sign up. And uh, come on, I'm just saying, hey, I met my wife, an intern. She may or may not have been the teacher, but it's besides the point. So I married up. Um, amen. Come on. God is a God of miracles. So, well, hey, I'm excited to be here tonight. If it's your first time, real quick, would you just raise your hand? I don't want to embarrass you. just want to say hello. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Awesome. Yeah, we can give it up for him. Come on. Right on. Well, I am uh, excited to be preaching tonight, and uh, I believe I have a word that the Lord's given me, and so I think it's going to be good. Uh, We're going to read a little scripture. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it and believe that God uh, is really going to move tonight in a really special way. So if you're ready, you can say, I'm ready. All right. Well, we're going to turn to, we're going to have it up on the jumbo screen, but we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read a bunch of verses. We're going to pray, and then we'll get going. I think we have it. 1 Corinthians, oh, sorry. Uh, Chapter 6, we'll start in verse 12. Oh, maybe not. Nathaniel's messing with me back there. Oh, the Josue. Love you, Josue. Uh, Verse 12. It says, all things, excuse me, are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and stomach for food and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make the members of a prostitute? Never. Verse 16, or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin is a, per, a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Verse 20, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, hey, this uh, passage in 1 Corinthians, uh, we talked a little bit about this before, but uh, Corinthians at this time, I'm just going to refresh your memory because you've heard it, but uh, Corinthians was a church um, that was really, really powerful at the time. They had lots of fame. There was lots of money. Um, they had lots of power. Uh, it would be most like today if we, if we took like Los Angeles or we took like New York and we combined that in like Hollywood. This is what the church of Corinth was like and then some more. So the church of Corinth was um, a really influential church at this time. And so this is who Paul's writing to. He's, if you don't know kind of how this works sometimes in the Bible, uh, Paul in Pauline text, he'll get a letter, something that the church has written to Paul And then Paul will respond back with a letter to the church. Okay, so uh, Paul's writing back to the church in uh, Corinth at this time. And this is what he's responding to, his issues that are happening within the Corinthian church. 
So, sound good? All right, well, would you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much for tonight and uh, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you that um, even right now, God, you're beginning to speak to your people. And I just thank you that tonight, Jesus, it wouldn't be about my words. It wouldn't be uh, just another message, but I pray that it would be a night marked by the presence of Jesus. God, we have conversations and talks, but we know that it's the presence of God that changes lives. And so tonight, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this time. Do God what only you can do. And if you believe that, say amen. 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 Well, hey, I am especially grateful uh, that we live in a country that gives us the right to choose. Um, I think that we live in one of the greatest countries in the entire world, and that's for one simple, one simple, simple word, freedom. Freedom. I love that in America we have the freedom to choose things. I love that we're able to choose things like who we marry, where we live, where we eat, what we wear, what political party we affiliate with, what school we go to, what religion we belong to, and so many other things. See, our country is a country that's rich in freedom. And when it comes to simple things, come on, how many of you enjoy the simple things? When it comes to simple things like coffee, I love that I have a choice. Come on, would you agree with me? Let's be honest, there's a lot of coffee choices, but not all coffee is equal. It's true. I know for a fact because I used to work at Dutch Bros. I'm not, here to sh- I'm not here to shamelessly plug Dutch Bros because Dutch Bros coffee is actually not that good. Mary and I know, Bridget knows, there's a few OGs in here. We've, Sarah, we've worked at Dutch Bros. Let's be honest, people just go to Dutch Bros because they want a sugar high. That's it. That'll preach. It's like, I don't really like coffee, but I love when you just put so much sugar in it. I can't taste the coffee and you put whipped cream on top and it's like, oh my God, it's dessert for breakfast. Super side note, people would come at like six in the morning and order the most ridiculous drinks. And you're like, my God, like just get an Americano and leave. Why are you getting like a Frappuccino with like extra whipped cream at six in the morning? It's besides the point. But um, I'm proud to say, I'll admit, uh, the last couple years, I have to say I'm a Starbucks guy. I'm a Starbucks guy. Come on, where's my Starbucks people out in here tonight? Come on. The rest of you, are you Dutch bros? Black Rock? You like local? Okay, yeah. It's like John. John loves all the local stuff. Folgers, come on. We'll pray for you after service, Ivan. Oh, man. But I, uh, I love the taste of Starbucks coffee. I love their beans. I love an Americano. Um, I especially love like just an Americano with almond milk and a raw sugar. Like just something so simple like that. I'm just a simple guy. Uh, but I, I love that even when it comes to things like coffee, that we have the freedom to choose. Uh, because... And this is where it gets interesting. Because we live in a a country where there's so much freedom, um, our lives are full of potential and opportunity. But with freedom, what's interesting, sometimes there's pros and sometimes there's cons. Like, have you ever done something before and you instantly regretted it? Come on. Have you ever, like, misused your freedom before? 
I know I have. When I was um, 15, I bought myself my first slingshot. And uh, anyone in here ever owned a slingshot before? It's a bad idea. Don't get one. Um, when I was 15, my brother and I, we went into Cabela's, which is the most manly store you could ever go into, and bought a slingshot and bought a bunch of BBs and came home that day. I remember my dad gave me talk like, hey, whatever you do, don't shoot that slingshot in the neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, dad, whatever. I'm not going to shoot the slingshot in the neighborhood. That night, like, can't make this up. That night, we leave from a friend's house. We're playing Xbox, and we leave from a friend's house. I'm with a buddy who's older, and so, of course, I'm trying to show off. I'm trying to look cool. And I'm like, hey, check this out. I'm going to shoot that basketball pole right there. We're like 10, 15 feet away. Like, lo and behold, no one, he didn't think it was a good idea to warn me. Okay, right behind this basketball hoop is a home with a window right out front. So I pull back the slingshot completely missed the basketball hoop and went straight through the window of our neighbor's house. So, and not only was it the neighbor's house, it was the house we just left from and it shattered the entire window. So the dad comes running out, what's going on? I'm standing there with my slingshot like, okay, there's no way I can deny this. Like, it was me. And um, to say the least, I was traumatized. So, um, and all the money that I had saved that year mowing lawns uh, went to replace in that window. And so now my neighbor, uh, you could say that I'm not his favorite. So um, just because we're free to do something, it doesn't mean that it's always beneficial and it doesn't mean that it will always be helpful. And when we get to the text in Corinthians, we see something, uh, we see something that's off about what they believe about their freedom that they have in Christ. So the church at Corinth, freedom is all about an ability to do whatever they want without any consequences. So many of the Corinthians at this time, they were heavily influenced by a Stoic philosophy. So they believe that wisdom is all about personal freedom. So if you're wise, then you get to do whatever you choose to do. That's what the church of Corinth thought. They believed that they had been set free from the law and now they had nothing that they were tied to. Many were even wrongly led to believe. They thought that even Paul thought things like this. They were wrong, but they thought Paul had adopted a belief like this. After all, it was Paul who said, you're free from the rules of the Jewish law. It was also Paul who said, and God is full of grace and unconditional love. So the church at Corinth was very wrong and excuse me, the church at Corinth was under a very wrong and unhealthy impression that our freedom in Christ is all about no restriction. And we see this play out especially in the misunderstanding of the use of their bodies. To the Corinthians, the body was a transient and trivial. It didn't matter what people did with their bodies. So if you were hungry, you should eat. If you have a sexual desire, you should seek it. They believed that the, uh, the external physical matters, that there was no lasting impact. So we can do whatever we want with whatever we want. There's no lasting impact. And I lost my notes. This is not good. <laughs> um, 
And this is what led, in, in the church at this time, this is what led to rampant sexual misuse. So it led to a entire misuse of their bodies. It led to prostitution and even same-sex encounters in the church of Corinth. And in verse 13, we see that Paul uh, strongly speaks against this. Verse 13, uh, it says, uh, I'll read that in just a second. But to Paul, the body isn't transient and trivial. It's as important as the soul and the spirit is. So in verse 13, Paul says, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. So Paul's concerned with the body because he understands that one day like Jesus, our physical bodies will also be raised from the dead. And if our bodies will be raised back into life one day, what we do with them is important. So the next time that we're tempted to use our bodies in whatever way we want, let's remember a word from Paul that our bodies are not our bodies. And in our culture today, we have things like casual sex, that you can do whatever you want with your body. Come on, we have things like Tinder. We have apps that you can go on if you wanna hook up with someone. Our culture is like addicted to sex. And we have greatly misunderstood the bodies that God has given us. In our culture, they've also taught us entirely wrongly what it means to store the bodies that God has given us. As Christians, our spirits are joined with Christ. And so whatever we do, we involve him with it when we do it. So what we do with our bodies, you see, it matters. Verse 20, it says this. It says, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So to Paul, once we've committed our lives to Jesus, we've actually given up our right to our lives. And that includes our bodies too. To Paul, Jesus is the one who paid the price to get us back. And so what Paul says is now we belong to Christ, not to ourselves. Paul says that we were actually bought with a price. And this is a metaphorical picture of the purchase of slaves by a new master. In Romans 6, 18, Paul says this, you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So because Jesus purchased us, we are no longer slaves to sin, but our lives and our bodies are meant for glorifying God. So why is this so important? Why does it matter what we do with our bodies? Verse 15 says this, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? So the reason that our bodies are so important is because, or the reason that what we do with our bodies is so important is because it always affects more than just us. Paul then goes on to say in chapter 12, it says this in 1 Corinthians 12, for just as the body is one, has many members, all the members of one body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For if in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. 
For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If one member suffers, all suffer, suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now that you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. See, the story that we're a part of is bigger than us. And when we misuse our lives, it goes against God's plan for us and for his church. The band can come forward. I went way faster than I thought, so. So the story that we're a part of is bigger than us. And when we misuse our lives, it goes against God's plan for us and for his church. So I just want to say this tonight, that I know that culture has taught us so many things about what it means to use our bodies. And some of you in here tonight, you walked in here and you've maybe been living a life a certain way that whether you know it or not is dishonoring God. And there's not condemnation in here tonight, but I just wanna say that culture has told us the wrong things about our body. Do we wonder why we look around and we see people getting in relationships and misusing their bodies and then they end up hurt? Or they end up afraid or they end up insecure or they end up not wanting to get into relationships? It's because we've misused our bodies. God designed them for a specific reason. And I love that in this part of Corinthians, Paul addresses this. And he says, and Paul would remind us today, hey, the same way that the church of Corinth has misused their bodies then, and I want to remind them there's a few things. Number one, you have to store this body because this body will not perish, but one day your body will be resurrected in the new heavens, in the new earth. So what you do with it matters. And also that this body is not your own. And so we must steward the body that God has given us and use it according to the ways that God has asked us to use it. So in closing, come on, let's be a church. Let's be a generation who honors God with our lives, who honors God with our bodies. Well, I know sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you look around, you might see what your friends are doing. You might see what everybody else seems to be doing. And it seems like I can do whatever I want with my body. Come on, let's be a church. Let's be a generation. Let's be a people who honors Jesus with our bodies, who glorifies God with our bodies. Because you know what'll happen? When the world around us starts to see what we look like as the church and how we act and how we treat others, and how we do relationship, the world will start to catch on and go, man, there's something different about those people. How they honor God with what they do, how they respect each other, how they have boundaries, how they wait till uh, marriage to do certain things. Come on, to the rest of the world, some of this stuff seems crazy. It seems crazy. Man, I know for me for years, I lived a life where, hey, it's my body. I can do whatever I want with it. Can I just tell you that the trail of pain and hurt and frustration that you'll leave, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And that's why God says, I have a plan for your body. I have a purpose for how I've created you. And I want you to walk in the way that I've designed for you. It's to protect you. It's to bless you. 
It's so that I can use you to be a blessing to those around you. And when your family starts to catch on and your friends start to see you and the community around starts to go, my God, look at those people, how they walk with integrity, how they love people selflessly and how they use their bodies the way that God intended. Oh, I wanna be a part of that. The reason it's so big, like Paul says, we are members of a body. We are one part to a whole. And what you do and what I do, it affects all of us. And so we have to remember that what we do matters. And it does not affect just you, it affects everyone around you. And so I wanna charge us tonight that God wants to take us higher. God wants to take us further, but it's gonna require us to say, I'm gonna give some things up. I don't wanna live like that anymore. I don't wanna defile my body. I don't wanna give it to whoever I please. I want to honor it with God and I want to honor what God has given me. Come on. So for those of you, maybe you walked in here tonight and you've been struggling with some sexual addiction. You've been struggling with some sexual activity. Can I just tell you tonight, number one, there's no condemnation in here. There's no condemnation. The Bible says that those who are in God, there's no condemnation. So if you came in here tonight and you say, man, there's things I'm struggling with. Maybe it's a pornography addiction. Can I tell you tonight, no condemnation. That's not from God. There's guilt for sure, but shame, condemnation, not from God. So right now, we just I break that off you in the name of Jesus. Break that off you in the name of Jesus. That spirit be gone. And this is what God does. It's God's grace and it's God's goodness that calls us higher. <laughs> See, in the church, we've got it mixed up. Grace is not an excuse to do what we want. It's not. Grace is not, okay, God, you'll forgive me, so I'm gonna use my body however I want with whoever I want. Grace is, okay, God, you've entrusted this body to me, and so I'm gonna steward well what you've given me. That is what grace does. And grace leads us into more. Grace leads us to go higher and to go further than we thought we could on our own. So tonight, if you're struggling, let me tell you, there's grace. Grace, there's grace, there's grace, there's grace. Come on, I believe God wants to take this community to a brand new place where we are marked by purity, we are marked by faithfulness, we are marked by devotion to God. God's doing it. I believe he's doing something fresh in this atmosphere in this community tonight. And if you came in here and you feel like, man, I'm heavy, I am heavy tonight. God's doing something brand new in you. So come on church, would you stand with me? If you came in here tonight and you would say, hey, that is me. I've really been struggling with some sexual addiction. Maybe it's pornography, maybe you just seem to fall back into the same bad relationship. Maybe you just feel like, I, I believe my body is just mine to use. I can do whatever I want with it. 
wherever you find yourself at tonight, if that's you in this room, and this is a private holy moment, I'm gonna ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads. And you would say, hey, as you were speaking, I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Listen, conviction is good. Shame and condemnation is bad. Conviction is from God. And so if you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit tonight and you would say, I want to go higher. I want to go further. I want the grace of God to come on my life tonight to move me into the relationships that God has ordained and designed. If that's you in here tonight, every eye closed, every eye closed, every head's bowed. On the count of three, I'm gonna ask you just to lift your hand. One, you would say, that's me, that's me. I wanna go higher, I wanna go further. Two, I wanna give that addiction up right now. Three, that's me, that's me. Come on, I see that hand, I see the 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 hand, I see that. I see those hands, come on. Come on, I see those hands. This is what we're gonna do. Church, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray, especially if you raised your hand, but I'm gonna pray this prayer. Church, would you just agree with me tonight? God, we pray right now over every single hand that was raised. God, we pray right now that you would release a grace on these people. God, I pray right now where there's been condemnation, where there's been shame, you have to leave in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask grace to come upon their lives. I ask right now, Spirit of God, move on their lives and release them right now from the bondage of shame, of condemnation, and of past error. The Bible is the greatest story ever told. Jesus did one great thing and forgive us of our sins, past, present, and future. And so tonight, if you're in here, I just want to say that God has forgiven you. He's forgiven you, but God does not want you to stay where you are. God has more. And so we just pray that Holy Spirit, you would. You would release encouragement. You would release faith. You would release favor. And you would release blessing on those who need it tonight. Man, I really sense it. Even some of you in here tonight, there's uh, like a soul tie. Soul tie is basically if you've, if you've had sex with someone before outside of the context of marriage, what happens is God designed it in the context of marriage. It's an intimate, holy thing that God designed. And when we misuse it, there's a consequence. But I just wanna tell you this, that tonight, God can free you from that soul tie. And so, I'm just gonna pray real quick. If that's you, you, you feel like, man, there's a relationship I've been holding on to. There's things I've been doing. I know it's not from God. And I wanna sever that soul tie. I'm just gonna ask you, every eye closed, I'm gonna ask you to put your hand on your heart. Hand on your heart. Father, tonight we pray for every hand on the heart. God, every person tonight that's maybe experimented or done things outside of the context of marriage, God, there's no condemnation. But right now, Father, we ask that you would break off that soul tie. I pray, God, that you would release fresh grace on their lives. And that Holy Spirit, tonight, they would feel the freedom of God. That, Lord, what was holding them back before would no longer hold them back. But there will be fresh wind in their sails. There will be fresh faith and encouragement. And, God, there will be a joy that would come back into their hearts. So we break off every soul tie in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we give it up for Jesus right now real quick? Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.